Vogus Falchero at Hig Agran Ella to Fodchrelu Bite Size Irish. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bite Size Irish Podcast. It's Mission Yellow Shield, and today in this episode, we're actually going to go back into the archives a little bit. I've dug out a live QA session that myself and my colleague Ben did back in March of this year, so more than six months ago now about Irish language pronunciation. Sheer hapakata on an eternal topic of discussion, so it'll still be useful and relevant today, and it will be next year again too. Um, this came out when we had just released a whole course on a guide to pronunciation in Irish in our Ashtar reference pack, which is available to explore and grow members of Bite Size Irish. So, if you'd like to find out a little bit more and get that whole course, we would recommend having a little look at www.bitesize.irish. Click on Memberships and you can see what's available. Choose the best membership deal for yourself. And if you add the code PODCAST in the coupon field, you'll get 10% off your monthly or annual membership at Bite Size Irish. Of course, there's no long-term contract. We have a 30-day money-back guarantee, so it's worth trying it out. Anish, Rahimad Shear, Hig Ben Og, Ogus Neil Og. Let's fly back in time to those earlier incarnations of Ben and Neil. So, let's see what we have here, Neil. We start with a nice general question uh, from Michael. So Michael says, I have trouble remembering the pronunciation as I read, especially when reading out loud after a while of not reading out loud and trouble being consistent with accent and dialect. Now, this is a long question, so there's a, another part here. Do you have any advice for learning pronunciation and for achieving consistency in pronunciation? So a dare fall, well, yeah, there's a few parts to this, isn't there? Um, uh, I suppose the, the first step is to is to make sure that you're practicing the right pronunciation. And maybe that's where dialect comes in a wee bit again. Um, as is, as um, as Ben said, he, he's from Munster and I'm from Ulster. So we speak differently. We have different accents in English as well as Irish. But we still, we still understand each other in both languages. And uh, as for you as a speaker, Michael, and for everybody, uh, you want to understand the different dialects. But when you're speaking yourself, it is good to stick with one dialect. Um, uh, yeah. And then part of it is about um, remembering those things when you're reading and trying to practice. Well, istocha Gaelige Gachla Shin, that's a big slogan of Baitai's Irish, Gaelige Gachla. Um, if, if you put it down and leave the book for two weeks or a month and come back, then you're starting from zero again. So by keeping going with a little bit every day, you're keeping it fresh and keeping it going. And 
suppose we have to recognize as well that Irish pronunciation and spelling is just very different to English and um, to any other language you guys might speak, I guess. So look out for the tricky uh, letters, the tricky combinations. We've got Shevu and Uru, but even the vowel combinations can be weird. Um, if we take one example, the letters E-A, uh, in English they could come up as beach, as break, as bread. So three different vowel sounds, E-A-E. But in Irish, it's usually a. Now, there could be some exceptions, but um, it's usually a. So I kind of think if you have a little small notebook, a little A6-sized notebook, perhaps, you could have the letters e a at the top of one page. And any time you come across a word with those letters, you could pop that word on your list. And then soon you'll have a long list of words. Far, ban, cad, yag. Different words with pretty much the same uh, vowel sound in them. And hopefully that will help you build those connections because at first they're very uh, uh, unexpected or they seem quite different, but they get close. At first you see CH and you probably think cha, but as you go on, get used to Irish, when you see CH, you'll be thinking ch or hi. Um, so yeah, basically any opportunity that you get to match sound with text um, is useful. There are myriad ways of doing it, um, but preferably in a way where you can control the pace and where you can repeat the process. Um, so if you find a way to do that, um, there are various different ways of doing it online um, as part of our bite-sized learning platform, certainly. And then you have free resources like uh, Vowel which is very useful. And uh, one of the nice things about that as well is that you can choose your dialect and work at it that way. And there's a big resource of recordings um, that you can draw on. Grimagath um, and Neil, so uh, comments just come in here. And as a northerner, I'm gonna give you because uh, this this uh, quirk is yours to defend. I wouldn't, wouldn't be something that would arise uh, in my own way of speaking, so. Here we go. So, Dirit, why is the MN combination pronounced sometimes M or? Example, Mano becoming Mra. Or, or Mra. Um, Mra. Yeah, because even the Afad is different in Ulster too. So, Marion, thank you for this question. I love this question. Um, <laughs> but it is about a quirk of the pronunciation. If we were saying Mano, to be honest, I think that's simpler and more clear and I have to give it to Munster Irish, Quaylin the Moon. It it does read more phonetically than the other dialects. I have to give you credit for that. Mm -hmm. But um in Ulster and in Connacht Irish too, there's a couple of combinations of letters where the N like this is pronounced as an R. I can't tell you why, to be honest. I don't know the historical reasons behind it, but I know that it happens. Um, so MN, we don't have a lot of words with MN, but uh, this is the very famous one. So yeah, we'd say MRA, and maybe in Connacht, MRA. And, um, uh, but also with CN, so um, what Ben would call a knuck, I call crook. And uh, although I'm from Tyrone, my mother's from Connemara, so I've heard her say crook a lot, and the local people, place names, things like that, they say crook for a hill. 
and uh, and the other example of this is GN. So, for example, uh, GNO, GNO FADA means business, um, uh, and uh, that becomes grow in in the northern half of the country. So, um, it's typical of Ulster and Connacht dialects. Uh, I'm not sure about why, but it happens with MN, CN, and GM. So if you're mm-hmm. hearing that, you know it's it, it might be Connacht or Ulster. And um, but I can understand if people like to go with the monster pronunciation because it's closer to the spelling and the sound we would expect. So and it's interesting what you say there about knuck and crook because we have cruach as well which is like the stack on the top of a mountain or a mountain peak. We have Cruachvorhin, which is an iconic uh, mountain that got very badly scorched there about a, a month ago in West Kerry. So do you also have Cruach Ohuig? Yeah, I think that's a, that, that's just another word. I mean, Cruachpatrick yeah. in mm-hmm. Mayo, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you got confused and you started to say Cruach. <laughs> it could be a little bit of influence there. Mm-hmm. Anyas, uh, so yeah, Marin says thanks very much from Croatia. Awesome. So better than Padre Pio, try location. Um, so now we'll take a more specific question from Claire. Uh, Neil, I know you've done the research on this one. So my maiden name, Claire says, was changed from Vuilig to Boyle somewhere down the line. How is Vuilig pronounced and is it really merely Boyle? Thank you. Yeah, there's there's a couple of little things here, Claire. If, if this was your maiden name, um, um, I don't think the correct form would be Vuilig um, or Wheelie, but uh, it would be Claire Ni Wheel without the I-G-H at the end, but with Ni. Um, uh, as, a, as a woman's maiden name. Um, this is a slightly different form, um, but the, the, the standard form of boil um, is obwil for a man, kneewil for, um, for an unmarried woman, and ewil for a married woman as well. Um, so uh, the IGH ending probably comes from, uh, maybe they say Muncherwheelie or something like that, but it wouldn't be just a surname on its own. Um, with surnames, we can use a different form. So just like when we talk about nationalities, uh, if you're from Era or Sassana, you can say, uh, is Eranach me, is Sassanach me. And those forms all finish with ach, A-C-H. So similarly, if we're writing an article about somebody called Boyle, we could say, Anvuilach with an with an E-R-C-H. So this really looks like possibly the genitive case of that word. But that wouldn't be your surname per se, I think, Claire. It would be Neewheel. And if we go back to the, the standard form, Obwheel, it's not such a big jump from Obwheel to Boyle, I think. And that's my pronunciation, Boyle. Would you say Obwheel, Ben, or would it be a bit different? Wheel, Wheel. Wheel. Yeah. Wheel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, knee of knee wheel organizes skull, hewl, and arric down below. Valley mm-hmm. Yeah. Anava, 
Very nice. So yeah, so that kind of thing where you have from Sulevanach and, and Rear Donach is something you'll often hear for iconic writers. So Sean O'Rear Donach. It's a sort of a sort of convention. I don't know if it would be considered a bit of an antiquated one at this stage. It's um, usually kind of famous people, isn't it? Yeah. Usually. On Pierstach, I see a lot because I'm in Dublin okay. and you have Shride and Fiercy. Pierce Street for Patrick Pierce. Um, and then you have Station Nabirsach, which is the st station of the Pierces, the whole family. Yeah. It's the plural there. Well, there were the two of them anyway. It was himself and his brother anyway. Yeah. They're yeah. in it together. Yeah. Yeah. Another one's just come in. And Gurmila Mahagiv, Asnakeshtana, and thanks for sending in your questions mm -hmm. in the, the comments bar there. Uh, keep them coming. Great. So, Benjamin Taylor. Um, Benjamin says, Do you, what are the rules for pronouncing BH and MH? So get your teeth into that. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it's, it's a slightly tricky question. Uh, I suppose BH and MH sound the same as each other, first off. So uh, we'll see the same thing for this, we'll hear the same sound for these letters. Um, but the rule I go by, and uh, in, in Ulster and Connacht Irish, um, again, is that if it's a slender BH or MH, it sounds like V, the letter V in English. So Shiv or Div that we can see in the phrase Jidiv. Um So if it's slender, so if, I if, if BH or MH is next to I or E on either side, it sounds like V, like the letter V. But if they're broad, that is, if BH or MH are next to A or O or U on either side. Um, to me, that's a W. So um, a word, uh, and I know in Kerry, you, you, in, in Munster in general, you go for the V sound more consistently, don't you? Most of the time. Mm -hmm. Yes, but there are exceptions, of course. There are exceptions. I think they relate more to when it's not the initial, um, yeah. when it's not the start of the word. Let's see. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, I think if it's MH or BH is in the middle of a word, like mm -hmm. like Ljauer book, mm -hmm. then we all kind of tend to make that a W. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, if it's at the beginning, um, uh, if it's even if it's broad, I think I've heard a Munster Irish they pronounce it as a V. Is that right? Mm -hmm. On mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And at the end as well. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you would would you say Janev? For doing a chain of, yeah, we've done it all. When you hear that, mm -hmm. the vowel is different. We don't say J but Jan for mm -hmm. uh, or do, but we say mm -hmm. Janu. So that A M H at the end is broad. So it's it's effectively double W effectively a vowel at the end. I Janu, I Jane of. Yeah. So if it's slender, folks, then everybody is saying a V. But when it's broad, when the BHRMH is next to AOU, um, there can be a bit of difference. And in Ulster, Connacht, it's more of a W sound, I think. Uh, but there's a few exceptions for sure. And some some words just get really famous, like um, names Siobhan and Neve. They have BHMH, they sound like V. But if you look at the spelling of those words, they are broad BH, broad MH. So I believe those are Munster pronunciations, Siobhan, Niamh. 
And um, in Donegal Irish, the, the name Siobhan is Shuan. And um, I'm not sure if I've ever heard it like this, but the, wor- the word Niamh, maybe it should be Niamh. <laughs> I'm not sure if I've ever heard it. But I know I've heard um, Tiu for side, for example, mm-hmm. instead of Tave. Mm-hmm. We'll certainly have that V sound in the middle as well, and in cases like, say, Riavach, where it's like a brindle or a, a mock. Yeah. So, or over. Would you say over for subject? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would yeah, say over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can hear, folks, that this is where the dialect is coming in for sure. <laughs> but V and W, as they are in many other languages, they're they're considered, you know, very close, very similar sounds. If you hear a V or a W, they're sort of interchangeable. Um, so I hope that's well, well. Benjamin. Yeah, Gramaka does the Benjamin. Yeah, so let's take that off the screen. Gamrach with Claire reached. So here's one that I was looking into, um, Kesht O Joel. So how is D ship? We'll say there isn't a father on that I um, pronounced. So I was looking into this and the term D um whether spelled with an E at the end or an I, is derived from the word Daish. Now, I know that Neil studied Old Irish uh, in college, so um, you probably know about this, but Daesh meant vassal or subject people Ooh. in Old Irish. So the Daesh Moon were a prominent enough power to form their own regional kingdom in Munster, and they were in England and in Wales as well um, from a fairly early date. And County Waterford um, is um, where you find what we call Gaeltacht, in the Dacia now in the southwest of the country. So um, in its modern form, it's spelled D-E-F-A, the I-S-E, and it's pronounced Dacia. And I think this older spelling, D-E-F-A, the I-S-I, would be pronounced similarly, mm. Dacia. Um, from what you know about spelling in Old Irish, Neil, do you reckon Dacia? Yeah, I don't remember this word particularly often, uh, but it's, it's mm. been... It's it's been a minute or two since I was studying mm-hmm. the old Irish, mm-hmm. um, uh, but yeah, sometimes there are other words where you would see a, um, a little a, an I at the end, which is not really typical in modern Irish. Mm. We have words that finish with I fada, not mm-hmm. so many words that just finish with an I in modern mm-hmm. Irish. But mm-hmm. um, I think you would see more in old Irish. But when we say old Irish, we're talking about more than one thousand years ago, so. Don't worry about learning that one, folks, unless you're really going deep. <laughs> Jaisha. We often hear about Jaisha when they when they talk about the hurling down mm-hmm. there in Waterford. Okay, well, Gurmaga Joel. Um, as I say, keep them coming in there on YouTube, Gurmagav. Um, another fairly uh, common one there from Raoul. Um, let's just put that up on the screen. Um, take away Daisha first. Slon Daisha. Um, so Raoul says, I'm confused by GH. Could you please explain the pronunciation rules for GH? Gormagoth Raoul. Yeah, good question, Raoul. And I suppose it's, it's really similar to Benjamin's question earlier because um, 
like BH and MH before. GH is um, it's not two letters. It's 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 one mutated consonant. It's the letter G, which has had shavu applied. So it's something different going on. It's not just these two separate letters next to one another. Um, so if if a the letter G in Irish is a hard g sound, and when we shavu it, when we add the H. Uh, more air comes through generally. Again, it really depends on if your GH is broad or slender. So if it's broad, that is if it's next to AOU, the normal rule is it would sound like R. So like you make the G sound, but a little bit more air is coming through. R. It's not a very natural sound in English. We don't have that in English, but in other languages you might pronounce it. And then... If GH is slender, I would pronounce it more like a Y. So if it's GHI, GHE, it's more like Y. Um, Marialer uh, is a phrase that we use for um, uh, due to Marialer with a GH. So it sounds like Yal. Um, again, there's exceptions because there's places where GH is in the middle of a word surrounded by vowels and it just gets very, very weak. Um, Rawa, Gustawa. Um, T-O-R-G-H-A and R-O-G-H-A. So if it's in the middle, it could be a bit different. Um, but really, I guess it's it's a similar question to Benjamin's one. It's a consonant which has had shavu applied. And then the other thing, the other factor is broad and slender. So it's good to get examples, listen to examples of this um, uh, in some of the online resources that are available and uh, get and get used to how that sound. Um, is that how GH would sound for you, Ben? A R or a Y? Well, again, yeah, this depends on whether we're talking about um, a GH at the end of a word, the middle of a word, or whether it's a G that has shavu on it. And this is one I'm always in two minds about, really, when we talk about slender or broad vowels with, with G h is is the gh sound itself different or is it simply a function of the fact that the following vowel sound um is different um so whether that's whatever your attitude is or whatever you think for me it's if it's a broad one it's coming more from the back and the middle of the roof of the mouth and if it's a slender one it's coming more from the front you're doing essentially the same thing, but you're getting ready to make a different sound when the vowel comes. So, maybe there's a bit more of a cat sound in, in the broad one, the and the other one is more of, well, it's also a sound that cats make. But that's the difference. Um, there's more of a roll, I suppose, or a there are more waves of sound happening with the. Yeah, those, those sounds feel a little, uh, uh, they, they don't feel very elegant sometimes, but those are sounds no. that we sustain for a long time. Mm. If we say cut or gut, it's very fast, it's instant. Mm. But when we have a shavu on it, we can say or and um, you're, you're able to sustain it longer. Mm. And then, of course, if it's at the end of a word like sweenig, uh, think, um, then it's it's like the same as like G in the word oil rig, 
Sweenig oil rig. So, and then of course the example you gave of Rawa. Um, we have yeah. Rhine, which is stiff. In the middle of a word, yeah. Yeah, and it's all. We have a lot of verbs that finish with IGH, of course, like um, as Ben said, Sweenig. But again, that's monster pronunciation to have that hard sound <laughs> and in Connacht and Ulster. I think in Connacht it might be Sweena with just a mm -hmm. kind of schwa at the end. And in, in Ulster it's an E sound, Sweeney. So the IGH just becomes E. So um, there, there's a lot of ways to pronounce GH, possibly Raul, but. Um, Again, for everyone, it's good to find reliable examples online and listen to them and um, be clear about the dialect too. So if you're uh, listening to different people talking, that's great. We want to understand everyone. But when you go to pronounce yourself, you, can, you know, make a little decision about that. Which dialect do I want to do? And, um, and then, you know... Uh, uh, then you've got your kind of path laid out for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course, when you do that as well, bear in mind that different words for the same thing are preferred in the different dialects as well. Mm -hmm. So that's something to keep an eye out for. Uh, something to keep an eye out for, fusta, lesher, homa, or freshen, depending on what your preference is. So and keep your questions coming in. It's very nice to have them. Um, I'll go for this one myself, um, having lived in, in Galway for some 12 years. So um, not only is the earth, the island, but down um, by the Clada, there's also a big block of apartments called Dúnéngasa. So that's how you pronounce uh, the name of the fort on Inishmore, Oliver. So Dúnéngasa. I don't know if you would say it the same way. Um, well, I suppose it's it's a it's a relevant question to bring up now because it has a GH again. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say Dunangus, yeah, mm -hmm. as well. Okay, and that not a strong go, but a, a little bit of a go. Anias, so we have a, a a broader sort of uh, cultural question here. We we'll just we'll do this quickly now. It doesn't relate uh, specifically to Gaelge. Um, but we'll do our best to help you, Dimitri. So, cultural question, related to pronunciation anyway. Is it considered weird if a foreigner comes to Ireland, pronounces words in an Irish manner? Example, Maynute for Maynute. Um, for me, it's not weird because we have had so many people come and base themselves here, especially I'm always struck by people from um, Eastern Europe, Polish people, um, who pick up regional accents um, and so you hear and I, I quite like to hear people speaking um, in regional accents so it's not a weird thing it's a normal enough thing at this stage I suppose it might be a little bit strange if you just you know arrived on the plane um, for a holiday and spoke like that but I don't know if that's probably not what you mean uh, Dimitri but no it's it's not a, not a strange thing and it's quite a nice thing and um, Need. Yeah, I think, uh, um, again, I've met people from Lithuania and, and different parts of Europe who, who clearly have a, a Cork accent because they've been living and working and um, just, you know, immersed in Cork life. And I think that's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it's just part of, um, I suppose, um, immersing yourself in Irish culture in, in general. 
Um, again, you don't have to do that if you have a different accent and you come here. You don't, you don't need to change your accent, but it might happen naturally if you also learn your English here. So uh, even more broad question here, do we teach a course? In, in a sense, we do. Um, what is bite-sized Irish, Neil, for, for newcomers? Yeah, so um, Bitesize Irish is an online learning platform. So we have uh, lots of um, 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 things on offer. Uh, we have online courses, which are self-study courses. That means you're not tied to any particular time of day. You can work your way through them. Or even um, certain class courses, you know, they happen from this week to that week. But you could do them any time of day or night all through the year. So we've got online courses that you can work through where you can learn and do little quizzes and listen to audio recordings. Um, we also have uh, some uh, live sessions with, uh, with teachers, with Chagaskori, and we have uh, an online community as well. So if you, I think if you look at the Bite Size Irish website or go to the newsletter, you can, you'll find out the latest information about what's going on and about the, the, the different uh, kinds of membership that we offer. Sure. So there's a, a link there um, to the net newsletter, Libby. Um, I don't really know how to pronounce your name, but apologies, that's not correct. So there's the newsletter there. And more generally, if you go to bitesize.irish links, you'll find links to all the different places where you can start um, uh, in terms of just looking at what might interest you, what might work for you in terms of what we offer as a learning platform. We have um, free little courses like for practicing Irish every day, 10 secrets to practicing Irish every day. And there's a little quiz there that'll help you to identify where you might uh, start or progress on your Irish language uh, learning journey. And um, there are a variety of other uh, little bits and bobs that uh, might inspire you um, to, to uh, basically do a bit of Irish every day and add uh, to your Irish incrementally at your own pace. Um, so, Gurmagath. Um, and yeah, another question here. I'll just get those banners off the screen before we go any further. Um, from the same person, uh, Lebe or Libby. Um, now you've written the book on this, at least the online um, uh, reference pack on this, uh, Neil. So, how many dialects are there? Out of curiosity. Yeah, we've 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 referred to the dialects, of course, um, in this session. Um, there are three dialects of Irish. And of course, there are variations within those as well. So there's Ulster Irish in the north, especially the northwest. There's uh, Connacht Irish in the west and Munster Irish in the southwest. And uh, there are little variations here and there uh, within those areas too. Um, there is no Dublin dialect of Irish. And maybe one will emerge over time if, 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 um, uh, if things really... Uh, continue and progress here in Dublin where I am but um, uh, so people from Dublin or people from other areas or outside of Ireland end up kind of needing to maybe choose which dialect they like maybe it's because of which, who your teacher is or which one you prefer or you've got some family connection to um, 
I'm from Ulster, so I choose Ulster Irish. Or, well, I didn't choose. It's what we had at school. But we looked at Donegal for our um, for our, our gold standard of Irish. And uh, so there's an obvious choice for people who are from Ulster, Connacht, and Munster. That's the three dialects. Hmm. And then, of course, there are other areas. Um, there's Racharn in Kuntinami, for instance, and that was a sort of plantation people moved from Connemara. So um, I don't think it's changed a lot there. I think it's still fairly... Um, Wild Irish, is it? Yeah. Yeah, and then it'll be interesting also to see what happens in Belfast because their Irish is modelled on Gaelgahir Hoddle, um, Donegal Irish. But at the same time, it's it's quite a, a vibrant uh, modern community there, so it may start to. And they don't sound like they're from Donegal, really. You know, they sound no. like they're mm-hmm. from another region. So mm-hmm. we might have new um, dialects emerge because mm-hmm. it depends on, like any language, English dialects have changed over the years. London English is very different today than it was 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those the kind of things happen naturally. So maybe there will be Ulster, um, sorry, Belfast and Dublin dialects because there's a lot of communities and schools there with people studying. Um, Staring into Eternity is asking, was there ever a Leinster dialect? Mm-hmm. I believe there only ever were three dialects, but mm-hmm. um, but they stretched across the whole island. So mm-hmm. we have four provinces in modern Ireland, but you might expect a fourth dialect. But I believe... Mm-hmm. There was just the northern one, the kind of central one, and the southern one. So mm-hmm. Maybe in Dublin people were speaking Connacht Irish, mm-hmm. but that will be a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. I may be wrong here, but somebody was telling me that um, until relatively recently there were still some people speaking Irish in Kilkenny, and I think that was more Munster Irish. Yeah. Then again, in County Clare, it was interesting um, in places like Doolan, because geologically Doolan and, say, the Aran Islands are the same, but um, the Irish in Doolan was more Munster Irish, um, and, uh, which is, it, it was essentially Munster Irish, and then uh, very close um, just a few miles out to sea, you have a, a stronghold of uh, Connemara Irish on the Iron Islands. Um, so that's interesting, Kermakut, staring into eternity. Um, we have some questions here having come in on YouTube and keep them coming, but I'm just going to return um, to one of the questions that came in um, uh, prior to us going on air. Um, so... Here we go. So this is a question from Renata, Gurmagath Renata. And she says, I understand that you pronounce S as broad or slender, depending on the vowels that surround it. Is there ever an S with a broad vowel before it and a slender vowel after it? Yeah, well, for anyone, um, again, uh, we've got broad and slender coming up, so it's a really big part of the pronunciation. So once again, if if an, if S is broad, that means it's next to the letters A, O, or U. If S is slender, it's next to the let the vowels I or E. So I always think, you know, there's some very famous Irish names which are good examples, like Sean and um, Siobhan and Sinead and Seamus. They all begin with a sh, 
because they're SI or SE. But Seamus finishes with AS. That's a broad S at the end, Seamus. And the name Sirsha starts with a broad S, S-A to start, and finishes with a slender S, S-E. Um, so that's the normal rules of broad and slender S. Um, but is there ever a situation where we might have uh, a broad vowel S, slender vowel? Um, that doesn't really happen in Irish. We have a rule, quail the quail, lahan the lahan. Slender with slender, broad with broad. So when you look at a long Irish word, maybe it seems like there were too many vowels because in the middle, if there's an S in the center, we need to make sure that the vowels either side are the same quality. They have to be both slender or else they have to be both broad. They don't have to be the same letter, but the same or the same vowel, but they have to be the same quality, both broad or both slender. So that's the normal rule of Irish spelling. And that's why some words are very long and you don't hear every vowel. Um, um, as to Renata's example, there's one word I can think of, ospigeal. Ospigeal, that's spelled O-S-P-I at the start. And that's quite odd because O-S-P-I, we have a broad vowel and then a slender vowel. Um, but ospigeal, as anybody could guess possibly, it's, um, it's a loan word. It's borrowed from the word hospital. Ospigel hospital. That's what it means today. So um, maybe just from natural usage, they didn't change the spelling. They didn't want to start saying Ospigel or something. I'm not sure why, but that was just retained. And the only other place I can think of where this rule is broken, it's when we add a prefix. So sometimes we add an extra little part to the front of the word. And if that's broad, sometimes we, we don't, uh, if that's slender or broad, sometimes we don't change anything and we might get this um, you know, broad vowel, slender vowel, pretty close to each other. Um, so the word for surreal, um, this is, which shows you how far I'm having to dig to find an example because we don't mm -hmm. talk about surrealism every day, um, but surreal is osreal. So we've got O-S-R-E-Fada. So Os meaning super, like, um, or, you know, os nadarha as well, isn't it? A supernatural, I'm thinking of, and surreal, sur, super. Um, so because rail, os rail, the rail starts with a slender consonant, but um, the os part is broad, and then the next part, the rail, that, that r is slender. There's just not a lot of examples of that Renata. Really, the big rule of one of the big rules of Irish spelling pronunciation is quail the quail, lahan the lahan. And again, that is slender with slender, broad with broad. So, very important rule for everybody to learn. And the, the, the hospital word is a funny one because there doesn't seem to be, there is a fair bit of uh, variation in how people pronounce that word anyway. You will hear hospital and you will hospital as well. There doesn't seem to be any particular agreement on how to pronounce that word, even within a dialect. Mm. Um, even within Munster, you'll hear different pronunciations of that particular word. An interesting one, Neil, is um, S-R. Um, how would you pronounce the word for nose, for instance? I would say thrown. Um, yes. Thrown. 
Would you say Shron or do something? Say Shron and equally Shrian if we're talking about a limitation on a Shron. Well, that, and that would be Shrian. Slender S. Shrian. Yeah. I would say Shrian, but Shron with a S. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if I'm being, if I've heard that uh, in my dialect in my province mm -hmm. or if I've just, if I'm overcorrecting in my head. Mm -hmm. SR is a funny combination. We don't have it in English. Hello, well, Kermahakatranasha, a son. I think another few questions coming in here. Um, yeah, okay, so um, here's a question again, nice one from LD Tarot. So, D. Eve, can you discuss the broad and slender D and DH? Never dull or let the hole. Um, yeah, sure. So slender D, again, that is D next to I or E. Um, it's going to be a little bit different for Ben and myself. If you go to Ulster, I always feel like this sounds like a kind of wetter, fudgier sound. In fact, it sounds a bit like J for me. So if we take the first word you used there, saying hello, Gia. For me, it sounds like a J, Gia. But I've heard Kerry Irish, and it sounds a little bit, to my ears, drier uh, for that slender D. Do you say something like Dia? Yeah, Dia, Dia, Dia. And again, yeah, that's an interesting one, and I've discussed this um, before with Chiwan. It's, yes, the, it can be a function of dialect, but it can also be to do with the person, because some people relish that <laughs> and uh, do it in a very fruity way, and some people are not really into it. Um, I would say Dia. Some people might say Gia. Uh, Dia. That's as far as I'll go with it. <laughs> so the thing is, that is this slender D should be different to the broad D, which is more of closer to a, a regular English D, the D. And sometimes it feels like quite far back in the throat in, in Irish as well. Um, D and T. D and T. If you compare them, you know, the, the broad one is further, feels closer to the back of your mouth and the is closer to your teeth. Your tongue is getting closer to your teeth there. I think that's fair to say, is it, Ben? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then D shave DH, is very close, well, uh, in my pronunciation, very close to what we talked about before for GH. Um, so DH afada for, for two, two things, Rachian, um, it's got that R sound again. And if it's, if it's slender, it's more like a Y, yeah. you know, people say Maria or a yeah for old mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. um, so DH, I often think is, it's just very close to GH. We can compare those, do them the same way, maybe. Mm -hmm. So questions about shavu and broad and slender. So it's it's topics we could predict because these are the things which are different in Irish than in other languages. Um, but you know, very reasonable questions for sure. Alias, Kermagadeldi, very nice. So keep your questions coming in there, folks. Um, this one here from Miguel, again, it's more of a broad sort of cultural question. And this reminds me of a little short film called You Ming as Anam Dung, um, about a Chinese man who learns Irish in anticipation of coming to Ireland because he thinks that that's what he's uh, going to be speaking. Um, and he walks into a bar and orders 
point and gets a blank. Um, so Miguel's question is, should a tourist assume that most Irish understand Irish? At a bar and I ask for a glass of whiskey in Irish, will it be received positively? Um, the answer really is it depends. Very hard to say. It depends on where you are. Um, uh, it would be received positively in West Kerry. Um, you're living in Dublin. Um, uh, Neil, what do you think? Yeah, um, sadly, you know, the, the, the problem is if, if people don't speak Irish and uh, people serving you in a bar may not have even grown up here and don't gone to school here. And But even Irish people, if they don't really speak Irish, they might struggle with them that might feel a bit under pressure. So um, it's good to find places where you, where you know that you can use it. In Dublin, for example, um, there's a few places or there's a few events that you can go to where you know there's Irish speakers. If you live in the Gaeltacht, in West Kerry or Connemara or Donegal, these places, you can walk in and have a go in Irish and it should be fine. Um, I suppose something that you can do in, in the likes of Dublin um, is that you could throw in thank you or, or slán or gurdamagat or slán or tíadich. You can throw in little greetings um, in Irish. And um, if the person in the bar or shop or restaurant speaks Irish, uh, they might be delighted and, and speak back to you. I know I would be. If somebody just used it with me, I'd be so happy. I would love it. Um, but at the same time, there are a lot of people who, um, I won't say will receive it negatively. It's not so bad, but they, um, they probably, a lot of people don't feel confident about their Irish, you know? So um, I would use it depending on the place, depending on the event, really. And it is, of course, entirely possible that the person who's working behind the bar is not Irish and won't understand as well. Um, so it depends, depends. Yeah, Gromagut Miguel. Um, more of a specific question on um, Lenishan, um, Shevu, and HT Protesis here, uh, Neil from Dizzy. So let's see if you can help Dizzy. So Dizzy says, Hi, is there any significant difference between Lenishan and HT Protesis? And is there any point in memorizing all of it in detail? Extra letters are confusing sometimes. Extra letters are confusing sometimes, for sure. Irish always looks like it has extra letters that you you don't even, maybe you feel like you're not hearing them. So I think that's just, if it's new to you, Irish spelling is confusing. That's fair enough. But there are rules, and you can learn it. And Irish spelling and pronunciation is more consistent than English, in fact. Um, but it does take a little work. Um, Lenition is what we usually call shevu, that's adding the H after a consonant. And H and T prothesis is just, sometimes we add H before a word that starts with a vowel. Um, so ain is, is bird. Um, but if I say birds, it's ain, ifada ayan. And if I say the birds, it's nahain, with a H before there. So there's sometimes when we add a little H at the start. That's not lenition, that's just adding a H. And sometimes we add a T before um, some letters. We add a T before a vowel sometimes. So arrogant means money, but when we say the money, we say an 
not anarrogate, but anterrogate. So that's that. And sometimes we add T before S. Now, T before S is the one which is close to Shevu. We use that. In fact, at school, I was told it's, it's kind of a weird version of Shevu. Um, TS, when we see it, that is used in the same location, the same situations where Linishin or Shevu would be used. The other ones, T before vowel, H before vowel, are not Linishin. That's um, not Shevu. That's just a different thing. Now, is there any point in memorizing all of it in detail? Um, yes, I'm going to say yes, of course. But don't only focus on that because it could feel very narrow that you're focusing in on a tiny grammar rule and really you want to communicate and enjoy life and, you know, use the language. So, you know, there's a lot there to learn and study and um, it will come up again and again. So, it's yeah, of course, it's worth um, learning it, but don't focus on that only and, and not practice your speaking with people or other ways of engaging with the language. Um, don't get your head too stuck in a book, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think in the end, uh, we need to get those little, um, there's uh, Shevu and Uru, the other big initial mutation, and the little H and T extras. Um, we need to get those correct at some point, you know, because just to have a nice, good, strong level of Irish. But if you're just chatting with people in a cafe or a bar or with Miguel in that bar with a glass of whiskey, um, you know, when people are chatting, they don't start to tell you, no, 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 not like that, you know, and they will still understand you. So um, in that situation, you're more focused on your fluency and practicing communication. So don't let it stress you out. Uh, but there is a point in studying it, of course, um, at a certain level. Mm -hmm. And yes, the interesting thing about that is um, different things uh, exist for different reasons. So um, sometimes, like um, sometimes a H prior to a vowel can carry information. And sometimes it's there, to my mind anyway, I don't know if you'd agree with this, um, for ease of um, sure. making that transition from one uh, vowel sound to another. So if we're talking about the possessive adjective, we're talking about saying her father, we would say a hatter. That H there is telling the listener that you're talking about a woman's father. If you're talking about a man's father, a hatter. So that's carrying information. Whereas to my mind, when we say nahain, the birds plural, that H there is simply making it more comfortable to move from yeah. the A that finishes the word N to the E that starts the word AIN. So in some cases, it might sound a little bit clumsy if you say N-AIN, but there is a, a difference in terms of meaning between saying A-AHER and A-HAHER. So um, sometimes it carries information and sometimes it's just for ease, ease of moving from one vowel sound to another. So, Gurmahagat Dizzy. Um, how about this question from J.W. Mulligan there. Can you speak to Guma and <laughs> Gumai? Um, yeah, this is this is a dialect question again. I'm from Ulster. I pronounce the word my. 
to my. Not exactly my, like my book, but a little bit more like my. And uh, and how would you say it, Ben? Gama, gama. So there's a bit of a H sound on the end there. Gama. I don't know how you would spell it phonetically. M A H. Something like that. Gama. Um. So gama, It's just a dialect question. And uh, if you look in folklore, Changlan, Punkai, those online dictionaries, look up the word for good, and you will just you can hear the three voices, and I think it will be ma ma my. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, in Ulster, we say my. Okay, so um, question here now. There is a there is a more than one answer to this, but um, the obvious, um, simple answer to this, Neil, I think, is what we're looking for. So Oliver Roth says, "What is the rule to adding t to the front of words?" I've not really figured it out. When is it t is not esk or thron not wrong? Yeah, so um, if we have the article on, so the word the, if you're saying the fish, the bread, that's when we'd add the T. So simply esk means fish or a fish, and aran or aran means bread. Uh, but the fish, antiesk, the bread, antaran or antaran. Now, the complicating factor is that esk and aran or aran are both masculine nouns. And that does not happen with feminine nouns. So we need to know the gender of the noun. And um, if we have a, a feminine noun like Owen, which means river, we don't put that T there when we say the river. It's just an Owen. Um, so uh, that's it. So we've got the, the word the, the definite article, and it's a masculine noun that starts with a vowel. That's when we add the little T. Other famous examples... Uchtaran is president, so Antuchtaran, the president. It's a masculine noun. And um, Ishka, water, is a masculine noun, so Antishka, the water. So, yeah, Shinai Oliver, that's the rule. Okay, there are other cases where it will arise, but um, certainly with the vowels there, um, yeah. Oliver. Nach well come o garin and shin, don't we sound young? Actually, the thing that occurs to me listening back to that now is that how many of our difficulties with Irish pronunciation come from combinations and spellings that you just don't expect uh, coming from English, as in a lot of our cases, or indeed other languages. So just areas where it's a little bit different to what you'd expect. There's a number of features of Irish, such as broad, slender consonants, shavu and uru. These things are different from most languages, um, especially outside of the Celtic languages family. So they're a bit unexpected to other people. I do think it's always worth saying, though, that Irish spelling is very consistent once you're in once you know the rules quite well, it's pretty easy to spell and pronounce in Irish. So maybe what we really need is a more consistent approach to looking at and studying Irish spelling and pronunciation. So you can find that in the Ashter Reference Pack, as I mentioned before. We deal with all of the aspects of consonants and vowels and consonant 
groups and vowel groups which may not behave like you expect, shavu and uru, other little things like the uh, famous ghost vowel, the epithetic vowel. Do you know how we say film instead of film? That's so hard to say. Um, but that comes from Irish, of course, because we say gurum and jarak. There's an extra little vowel sometimes. So all of those features are dealt with in detail in the Ashtar reference pack in our special guide to pronunciation. And once again, you can avail of that if you're a bite-sized member, if you're a grow or explore member to be specific. So use the code podcast to get 10% off an annual or a monthly membership. It's no massive commitment. You can try it out and see how it works for you. Uh, we think it's really helpful. We've had a lot of feedback from our, our learners who agree. So that's all for today's episode. We'll be back very soon. We have a couple of different episodes coming up in October. So keep your ear out for the next one in a couple of weeks time. Slán agus bánacht. Bye.